Hello, welcome back to the Being Black Pod. I'm your host, Camille Smith. And if you are tuning in, you're tuning into Being Black and Creating Spaces. This season is talking to Black creatives that are creating space in the variety of different spaces that they're in. I'm super, super excited to be talking to Alexa Moore today. Alexa is a travel content creator, blogger, and social media strategist based out of Washington, D.C. She's traveled to almost 50 countries. She's created her blog and social media platform, Little Miss Awkward, in 2019 to encourage her audience of over 120,000 followers, primarily women of color, to travel the world. I personally am super excited because if you guys follow me on any of my socials, y'all know that I'm always on a plane. Oh, I, I I literally went on 12 trips last year. My parents are still mad at me about it, but I went on 12 trips last year. I'm more of like a weekend trip girl because I do have a nine to five, so I have to be very creative with my PTO time. Um, but when I, you know, started looking on social media and I was like, ah, oh, like, I'm sure that there's black women, like black content creators that are traveling the world. And I found your page. I was like, oh, instant follow. Literally every single video, like you like recently dropped um, a video about like things to get travelers for Christmas, like Amazon, like uh, things from Amazon. I literally sent it to everybody that was talking to me about like, oh, what should, what should I get you for Christmas? One of these, because everything that you post, I absolutely love. Um, so I'm super, super excited. But before we get into our conversation, again, for the listeners, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at the Being Black Podcast to stay up to date on episodes and guests and where to find them. And lastly, if you love the podcast, leave us a rating that helps us get discovered. Um, I've really been seeing a lot of really good ratings and it makes my heart warm. So definitely keep those up. But to give me and our listeners a point of reference, we're going to start off with our four initial questions to start our conversation. You ready? What does being Black mean to you? Great question. Um, being Black mean to me means to have love, to spread joy, to be a part of this group. Of, I can't really explain it. Um, people often say things like, oh, if you had the opportunity to be like another race, another anything, would you? And I would, I would never. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but being Black is just such a unique experience and I wouldn't trade it for a world for the world um but to me it really does mean love it means community um yeah that, that that's what it means a lot of people have kind of posed similar questions like oh look if you could wake up tomorrow and like be this like would you do it ah like no I'm cool <laughs> I literally had that conversation with somebody I was like imagine waking up tomorrow and not being black I could oh, never <laughs> I could never <laughs> imagine not like having to explain or not understanding why I need to run away when something funny like I could there's just I, I couldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world <laughs> so when did you first find out that you were black or when did you first kind of figure out like okay I might be different to some people so for me this is gonna sound kind of wild but it really wasn't until like I I, I feel like growing up I, I knew that I was Black, but that moment where I was like, oh, I'm Black, I, it was like fourth grade. And I remember it so distinctly because this girl told me we were playing softball outside on the, you know, and she told me uh, it was hot outside. And I was telling my friends like, oh my gosh, it's so hot outside. And she looked at me and she was like, the reason you're so hot is because you're Black. <laughs> because Black people trap heat. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and I was like what <laughs> because like the very logical like very brainy kind of nerdy side of me was like that makes no sense but then I'm also like 
no one else I went to like a predominantly white elementary school so that's when I was like the first time I, I really realized like dang I'm I'm black I guess um yeah not you trap heat I'm crying right <laughs> I was like, where did you learn that from? Like, they did not cover that in science. Like, that is just something that, I don't know, maybe your parents told her. But. Right. So, okay, so you grew up in a predominantly white area. So did I. Yes. So how was growing up in that area? And did anything change kind of as you grew up or if you went off to school or just moved? Um, I really grew up. <laughs> so my elementary school is predominantly white. I'm from Arlington, which is predominantly white. It's right outside D.C., um, and then middle school, like each school I went to kind of got a little bit more diverse to where I went to high school that was like 50% Latino, 30% Black. So that was kind of like a, a wake up call for me because I went from being like this token person um, to being, to getting really good at tolerating like things like discrimination and like not, people talk about the difference between like Southern racism and Northern. And it's like with Southern, it's like people are going to come up to you and like, say something mean possibly but like in a very kind way sometimes but northern it's like they just want to invite you to parties like you don't show up to the sleepover like you don't get put on the team um so dealing with that <laughs> um helped me a lot going into college where I also went to a predominantly white university so um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like a sigh I also went to a predominantly white school I went to Villanova um and it was cool like loved what I studied even though like it was difficult but it it was what did you study I studied chemical engineering yeah so I was very much a stem kid always in the library um so like for I always will give credit where credit's due and I like love Villanova for like the curriculum that they've given me and like the people that I've met but it was like maybe like 5% black and like they did double count people that like were mixed. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, like in chemical engineering in particular, there was four of us. It was like me, my one friend. It was like me, this other girl, Maya, shout out to Maya. And this, these other two guys. And like, it was just like us, like against the world, just trying to figure it out. Um, so definitely can relate to that. Um, but with that, without in mind, like, what advice do you have for your younger self, if you do? Um, my advice to my younger self would not to change anything. I think growing up in predominantly white areas, I became really adaptable. Like, I would just fully change my personality aspects about myself um, to fit in with whatever community I was next to. So if I was at Sunday school, you know, I would change a little bit. And then if I was at lacrosse practice... That I would have to I grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> I would have to change my personality, you know? So, but I feel like because of that, I had a hard time establishing like really great connections because I had to change who I was depending on the person I was with. Um, so I'd tell my younger self to not do that, to just be unapologetically, you know, yourself, myself, and just live because there's no point of appeasing specific sides people are gonna like you and then people aren't, aren't gonna like you so right I laughed about the lacrosse because I played lacrosse at a point too that no is way that is hilarious but my parents didn't like it because lacrosse is very rough and like you really don't have like pads for real and like my mom was like uh oh, we're not doing that and I was like okay 
I broke my girl's finger. I was a goalie for six years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> That's very cool. So, okay. So you grew up in a predominantly white area. Um, as you grew up, again, you started to kind of get introduced to more diversity through, you know, up through high school. Then you did go to a predominantly white university. Where did travel come into it? Like, did you travel a lot as a child or what did that kind of like start when you went to college? Yeah, so my mom's actually from Jamaica, and so she didn't grow up traveling really at all. She immigrated to the when she was 10, 11, and she just never got to travel. So she knew when she had kids that she wanted to travel, even if it was just going to, like, Maryland for the weekend or, you know, taking a cruise or, you know, trying to get somewhere to explore. Um, So she really, is like, made us love travel because we were – going on you know little road trips or visiting family and friends and so the travel bug definitely started for me traveling as a child but then studying abroad in college is where it like really blossomed um I went to India for six weeks and it was just like very (laughs) life-changing in many different ways uh again realizing that I'm black because I'm traveling to India and then also being so far away from like everyone and also realizing like the world is fascinating and that there's just all of these countries and all of these different cultures that are so distinctly different from each other. And yeah, so that's kind of how it, it developed. So how did you decide on India? I also was able to study abroad uh, my sophomore year of college. I actually took like a full semester abroad, um, but I went to Rome, which was like a very interesting experience. I love Rome to death and I love it down, but I also recognize that like, it is not the kindest place for black people. Um, I had a very good like positive experience, but also like hearing other people's experiences, I definitely could see where that could happen, if that makes sense. So what kind of made you pick India? Like, was there like a certain list or like you always kind of knew like, ah, like we're going there. So we, I spent my degree in environmental studies. And so we had three options, Wyoming, Ecuador, or India. Um, You say Wyoming? Wyoming, yeah. (laughs) Okay. That was already not happening because, like, I'm not spending $4,000 to go to a U.S. state. Um, Ecuador, my friend had gone the year before and she told me about the tarantula. So I was like, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. So I did India. That was really the only deciding factor. Which is... Tarantulas. I know. If they're not tarantulas, because I'm not sure someone's going to be like, oh, no, there's no tarantulas in Ecuador. There were just big spiders. Yeah, you just, yeah, that would have been a deciding factor for me as well. <laughs> I won't tell you my spider stories. They will, yeah. They're... Yeah, we'll have to save that for another time too, because <laughs> I literally will not travel to a whole place because, oh, well, Alexa told me that there's spiders there. So like, <laughs> but okay, cool. So India, what was like your favorite part of studying abroad there? Best, like butter chicken I've ever had in my life. I thought butter, well, chicken tikka masala, I think it's like a British invention, but butter chicken? They were, woo, it was, it was so good. Um, and then I think just, it was my first time really feeling like uh, this is not familiar to me in any way. Like I do not see anyone who looks like me. Um, people speak English in India, but you know, many people were speaking like Hindi, Hindi. Yes, that's correct. And other, you know, languages. So that was different for me. Um, I was backpacking in the Himalayas. That was different for me. <laughs> Because I'm not a nature girly. I don't like hiking. I do not like walking. I don't. But you're like, okay with spiders. And see, I have to be okay with spiders. It's like, I just, I can't do anything about spiders. 
but I can't do mathing. But I cannot go on a hike. What? Just <laughs> like spiders, you can't really avoid them, right? I again, I hear you. The math just is not mathing the way you think it is. Um, okay, hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that it was. I think for me, it was a challenge because it was just something so out of my comfort zone. Um, and the monkeys. You're not afraid of monkeys, right? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. So when you were in India, and I'm asking this because I have a story relatively similar, I guess. So you said that like people in India do speak English and like a, a lot of people, a lot of countries around the world, like there are English speakers, of course. <laughs> Was there ever a point during your six weeks that you were in a scenario that you could not communicate with people that were around you? Um not really like we traveled a lot with our um we had like teachers and other people and actually one of the girls who was studying abroad with us was from India and so she was she just was like I'm gonna go home and also study abroad anyways so she translated a lot of stuff now there were some things I definitely didn't need translated and I was actually really happy for the language barrier because uh there were a few choice things that were said in passing um you know there are people everywhere that are, you know, ignorant and whatnot. Um, so I, I kind of was happy for the language barrier, um, because I don't know if I could take. I'd rather someone call me like something in a language I do not know of, um, and let that be like a passing moment than like say it, you know, in English. Right. No, I understand. Um, there was a scenario when I went to Rome. Actually, it was like the first week, honestly. Um, something that I liked about my program in particular was they actively didn't have us in like the touristy aspect or like the touristy places in Rome. So like not nor like the Colosseum or like the Pantheon or anything like that. Um, I lived in this little neighborhood card called Garbatella. It literally has my heart. I, if you drop me at Fiumicino airport, I could easily get there like without even like thinking about it. Right. Um, but my second week in Rome, I actually have very bad allergies. So I have, I have allergies to peanuts, tree nuts and sesame. Right. So like, that's like literally like my, personality basically I go to restaurants I'm like ah like just so you know I have allergies to peanuts cheetahs and sesame so like with that in mind can I order da 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 right so I go to Italy right I have never spoken Italian uh, and I, which I thought was so interesting because I feel like that was something I mean growing up in the United States you feel like you like hear how like the United States is viewed other places and you're like ah like I'm not ignorant like I don't suck. It's just like the country. But then like you get there and you're like, I literally went to a country and like assumed that they were going to accommodate me and like didn't even attempt to learn the primary language that they speak. Like, okay. So I'm at this restaurant and I go to order and I'm not with, I'm with like a few people from my program, but like my, like the teachers are like the advisors like aren't with us. And this is before I could get like a SIM card to like change over like my phone and like have like, you know, internet access. And you probably can assume I couldn't tell the waiter that I had allergies. So like granted with most like Italian food, it wouldn't have been an issue, but I really wanted this dessert and I didn't know whether it had nuts in it. And I, girl, I started crying. (laughs) Because I've never, I've always been very sensitive to 
English is a very, very difficult language. So I've always been very sensitive to people that learn English as a second language. Like, yes, okay, their accent might not be perfect, but like they are trying. English is hard and people that are, their first language is English. People will mess up, you know, certain like conjugations and things like that, right? But I've never been on that side of trying to communicate something. And I literally could not, like, I've never felt, like, I felt dumb. And I was like, I know that I'm not stupid, but I just don't know how to communicate to you. I, like, started, like, using my hands as if, like, that was going to do something. And the guy was looking at me like, what is going on? Like, what is this girl doing? It wasn't until another person in the restaurant that also happened to speak English was like, oh, like, she, she, oh, what's wrong? I, like, told him. He talked to the guy, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, like, no, you're okay. That's how I would feel. Oh my gosh. I yeah, I understand. That's frustrating. I was like, what? And then after that, like, and granted, like to study abroad there, you had to take like an intro to Italian class. So like after that, I was like, I'm taking this Italian class serious. Like I'm practicing as much as possible. Because again, to go somewhere and like not at least not attempt to like adapt to the place or the culture that you're going to, I feel like it's very crazy, but it's very normal from people that are coming from the states going to other places um so I'm happy at least that like somebody was there with you that like could speak like the primary language and like you didn't have to necessarily deal with that but I feel like I don't know you travel so much has that ever happened to you in any of your travels I feel like it definitely has happened and I've been in situations where I just same as like it kind of feels not necessarily helpless but like how do I communicate and then it the wonders of like hand communication and pointing and physical communication um but yeah there there are so many times I've gone to restaurants and like ordered something and they did not bring the right thing and I'm I'm gonna just eat it because (laughs) (laughs) I uh, yeah I don't I don't have the, the communication skills to or the heart, to be honest, to tell them that they brought me the wrong thing or this is not what I wanted. Um, tours, taxi, destinations, like have gotten in taxis, told them directions and then went the wrong place. I will literally get out the taxi and just walk because I, yeah. Yeah. So I completely understand. It adds to the experience. It yeah, does. It does. It um, so you love traveling. You studied abroad in India what what made you pivot to be like okay I'm gonna do this like I'm gonna create content about this like I'm gonna be like a travel content creator I'm gonna create my blog what kind of made what made you pivot in 2019 so I really I really always I love traveling I like taking pictures you know when Instagram was hot like and people used to take like you know I had the like nice aesthetic oh my gosh it was so much fun but I really liked showing places that were a little unconventional and also like telling people and explaining things because there's for to me there's like a lack of transparency within the travel community like people will post these like amazing waterfalls and like uh, but never tell you where it is how to get there um any information and then when you ask them they're like well i don't want to overrun with tourists but it's like you're a tourist right it's very gatekeepy from like the outside looking in and just because it's a hidden gem to you does not mean it's a hidden gem to the rest of the people in the country. So <laughs> I I absolutely hated that. There were so many places that I wanted to go. There were so many things I wanted to do and experience. And I just did not find 
the information, at least on social media. So that's where it really started. I really wanted to just share information. Then I realized that people liked it and people were starting to travel. And then I get really excited when people are like, oh my gosh, I booked this trip. And I'm like, yes. So that's kind of like, I aim to please. So that's kind of how my page started. Um, And now like really targeting like people who, people's questions about travel. So like showcasing the destinations, but also like answering any question that you could have about travel, um, just so it's a transparent thing. And so people feel like they can actually do it. I mean, I think something like, I also love traveling and I have kind of built like this reputation, like amongst my friends, like the people that follow me, like, okay, like again, Camille's always on a plane. She's always going somewhere. She's always maxing out her PTO days. Right. Um, And I like, what's like your actual favorite part of traveling? Do you have like a favorite part? My favorite part is, I think this, this spot, spontaneity. I, I like just experiencing, like I'm a big people watcher. Um, not in like a creepy way, but like <laughs> I will sit down in like a main square at a restaurant and just like experience the world around me. I think it is fascinating how people walk and live and operate. Um, my favorite part of travel is probably the human connection. Just like learning about uh, like my friend invited me to learn how to make fufu in Ghana. Like her mom and her sister taught me and that that's like an experience that I I cherish that I get to you know tell my kids and blah 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 about you know um so that those human experiences live on well not live but like visit a village that's completely on a lake in Benin or just seeing you know like how people do things like really fascinating systems and how people build things I'm just very curious so anything that like really sparks um that curiosity, like, especially cur- cultural curiosity is, you know, what fast, that's my favorite part about travel. Yeah, no, I really like that. It's so funny that you say you like people watching. That's one of my favorite, like, I love, it's not just like the destination for me. Like, I like love, like, looking up flights, finding flights, like, get like getting a good deal, going to the airport, sitting in the airport. Like, sometimes I'll sit in like a gate that's like not even mine. Just like, again, people watch, see what everyone's doing, like, just kind of chill there um and like I don't know even like be like I love flying like being on airplanes like some some of my friends like get really nervous about it I'm like I normally will be asleep before the people the flight attendants even like do like the exit you know exits behind you and to the right and like whatever I'm like are we there yet (laughs) what's going on so I think it's kind of funny one of my friends recently asked me um just about traveling in general because again like I travel so often and people normally will always ask me like, oh, like, what do you do when you get there and da, 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 all this stuff. So I like literally started making my friends like these like small travel guides. And I was like, ah, like, where are you going? Right. Like I was like, where are you going? How long are you going for? Like, I'll like look up a bunch of stuff because I also love researching places. Right. Um, and then it's also very satisfa- satisfying when I get to a place and then it's just as cool as I think it is like from like researching it online. I'm like, ah, like, yes, I knew the food was going to be good. Like, yes. So then my friend was like, ah, like this is like, cause I used to, like, I would, I would be on Canva with it. Like <laughs> I would make them on Canva, like send them to them, like all this stuff. And my friend was like, you need to like sell these to people. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, why would you say that? And they're like, no, like Camille, like this is like, how long did this take you? And I was like, I don't know. I like doing it. Like, I don't, I really like thought 
too much like into it, I guess. Um, so I'm like toying with that idea, like the concept of like creating travel, like travel guides for people. And I promise this does have a point, but like, when did you kind of realize like, okay, like I love traveling. I can kind of make this into like a source of income for me. Like, was that ever like a weird thing? Like, okay, like this is something that I genuinely love to do. Like, do I even want to monetize it? Or was it kind of an easy, like, oh, I love doing this. Like, why, why should I not monetize it? I think I saw people, so I like grew up, like I saw people on Instagram and I like just assumed they were making money because they were going on like paid trips and I saw the paid partnership things. I'm like, I could, that could be me. That, that could be me. But I had no idea, um, again, because there's a lack of transparency. I had no idea how they were like getting these opportunities. Um, and so I really wasn't particularly in it for the money. The money did not really even come. I got, I think I got my first paid partnership in 2020, 20, 2021, actually. Um, so th the money, it took a, a while. That was two years of like, you know, posting pretty consistently. And then like early 2022, I started to get like bigger partnerships. And I realized just by like posting the information, um, talking about brands you already like, visiting places and sharing information about them, that's like how you kind of attract brand partnerships. And so I was starting to get some. Um, and then when I started to like match my nine to five income and in brand partnerships, I was like, oh, I, I don't, I may not have to work. There, there was a point where I was sitting there, like I, I used to work as um like in operations and I would sit there and I'd be like, I'm here working 10, 11 hour days, you know, emailing people and making sure people know how to like, you know, edit a, power, a PDF or I could do what I really like, edit a video and make the same amount of money doing that. And so that's kind of when the bell went off and I quit my job and I like really focused on making money. Yeah, see, that's where I'm trying to be. Well, my dad is very like, whatever you want to do, just be the best at it. My mom is like, what? My mom up until like maybe September was asking like if I was still going to go to law school. A dream I told her I was going to do like six years ago, right? So <laughs> it wasn't, this is very dramatic, but the day I quit, I put in my two weeks, I called, like, it was like a hierarchy. I had talked to my fiance and he was like, just go for it. I talked to my brother and he was like, go for it. I talked to my dad. And then the final boss was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed to my parents, my parents were like 10 minutes late. I showed to my parents' house and I'm like, mom, I would like to quit my job. And it's so crazy, right? I was like, what, 20? 26 like my mom has no it's not the boss of me right but still like you know asking and she was like well do you love what you're gonna do and I'm like yeah and she's like and are you making more money and I'm like yeah and she's like okay that sounds good it was there's tears and yeah it was it was crazy so she didn't really understand she still doesn't know what I do well she she doesn't really know what I do like the specifics she just knows that I'm an influencer um and so now she she's really supportive. Um, but at first she was kind of like, oh, girl, what are you doing? Right. Because it's difficult to explain. Like, I remember I was telling my parents, like, the first time I got 
um, like a million views on a TikTok. And they're like, what do you mean a million views? I'm like, like a million, like it, like it was, like it was viewed a million times. And they're like, they said, by who? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who viewed it. I always ask that. Oh, who commented? I I, I don't know. (laughs) Literally. That was like really crazy. The concept of going viral, even though it's like very sought after, is like a very like, I don't want to say unsettling, but it like just happens like so abruptly. So it's so funny, like before when I would see people like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this to blow up. But like, really, I was not expecting that to blow up. I was telling a story. What was the story? Uh, I was talking about, I was talking about basically this, this black kid said that he was like a, in science and he was telling a story about how like people in his class assumed that he was dumb like based off of he was saying based off of his race and I stitched it and was like oh like I had a similar story basically my freshman year my first day of class mind you and that's very important to the story my first day of class we had to get into groups nobody really knew each other at least I assumed that nobody knew each other since it was the first day um, and we had to do groups of four the class was even enough that like everyone would be able to be in a group of four but I just kind of hung back because I didn't know anyone. Like, I was just kind of waiting to see, like, who kind of, you know, joined together, whatever. My teacher came over and was like, hey, like, do you need help finding a group? I was like, yeah, if you could. Like, I, like, again, really don't know anyone. Like, a lot of people in my class were even in my, like, my dorm. So I literally had not even seen these people before. So she comes over to a group of white girls. And she's like, hey, like, this is Camille. Like, Camille needs a group. Like, is it okay if, like, she joins your group? Like, saying okay if, but, like, I need to join the group. Like there was no other group that I could join, right? <laughs> She's like, ah, like can she? Yeah. And this one girl was like, oh, like, ah, like we don't really know, like if we feel comfortable, like with her work ethic. I'm like, work ethic, girl. It's the first day of class. Like you literally, you literally don't know. Now, granted, I like in engineering, it's like very group based. Like there are some, there were some kids in my class that like I knew that I did not want to work in on a group project with like I knew like they had just like procrastinated they did not do the work like they would try and slip by like I get that like I understand but why else would you question my work ethic if it's the first day of class and you don't know me again I'm always going to try and find some other way and I think that's I'm always going to try to I'm always going to try to find some other reason and I think that's based off of growing up in a predominantly white area and like not always wanting to make everything about race and like not wanting to jump to that but like girl what else just say I don't want to be in the black girls group and I've been like ah like you got me (laughs) like cool meanwhile we ended up doing so well on that uh project and it was like literally because of me and that girl that ended up like saying that ended up dropping the major I'm like girl be so for real (laughs) be so for real (laughs) I digress but anyway people were eating it up in the comments like oh my gosh I can't believe that happened like da 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 then of course you have some people like oh maybe it wasn't about like your race maybe it was like because like you weren't eager to like join a group I was like it was the first day of class bro like what do you mean (laughs) like people can't be people can't be nervous like no I wasn't jumping up and down to go and talk to people I didn't know yet like what oh my gosh TikTok comments are like the wild wild west I do not read mine I try not to read mine yeah I just like I was like bro initially well initially for that video I did try to keep up with it and then like it was like too many comments to try but I was like I'll never respond to negative comments if anything I'll just delete them like because one thing you're not gonna do is like bother me on my own phone that you don't pay for my phone bills because that doesn't make any sense like I'm very quick with the block button <laughs> because... oh my god the block and delete combo 
you're not gonna play with me on my own phone like you're not going to play with me on my own phone okay so you decided to pivot to start travel content creating you created your blog mom said yes we're hype we're crying we're you know woohoo woohoo. what about like solo traveling like when was like your first like I'm not just going to talk about traveling. I'm also going to talk about solo traveling or was solo traveling first. And then you wanted to kind of combine it all together. Paint that picture for me. So so I actually went on my first effectively solo trip right after college. I had gone to Iceland and then it was kind of like I would travel by myself and then meet up with like maybe a friend or a family, you know, in a different place. But I went to Iceland. That was my first ever solo trip and it was a little scary but it was a lot of fun um and then I just didn't really do it as much like I would you know usually go to countries but end up like hanging out with friends or I'd spend like three days solo but um that first solo trip was was Iceland and then I realized that there were a lot of people who were interested in solo travel to me it was just like travel um but then like they've established this whole niche of solo traveling um, and I had gotten some really great travel friends. And so I didn't really need to solo travel because when I did want to go on a trip, me and my friends were like, okay, we're going, which right. is amazing. Right. Um, but last year I went on a solo trip, um, because no one could come <laughs> and it was like a little scary at first, but it ended up being like the best thing in the world. It's like I, and it, I remember that feeling of being in Iceland and realizing like I own my own itinerary. I can do whatever the heck I want to. I can go where I want to. I don't have to listen to anyone. I can wake up at 5 a.m. if I want to. Um, And that freedom and and that feeling just like kind of (laughs) stirred up more solo travel um, desire for me where I now kind of just don't want anyone to come with me and I just explore by myself. Right. So do you have any tips especially for a black woman because I feel like that's something that I always talk to people about is like whether we like it or not moving through the world as a black woman is just different from other people so like there are certain precautions that we might have to take that other people don't um but like what are like three things that you're like okay like as long as you do you know abc like you'll be pretty set my first piece of advice always um share your location if you don't have an iphone then whatsapp or snapchat or something with like at minimum three people that you trust that should you should someone should always know where you are um if you don't want to do live location then itinerary and giving someone updates kind of paired with that i think it's really important to have some kind of service on your phone so you are reachable um it, you don't want to just be relying on wi-fi all the time what happens if your bus breaks down and you don't, you know, have access to service. It's it's good to just have like, even if it's a cheap phone with a local SIM card that you can text people on, I say go for it. My second thing would be just be really aware. Like I think as black women in this world, we, we are just kind of genuinely aware and hyper aware of situations, but also realizing like a lot of these tips people give you, it's like assuming that you're going somewhere where you could possibly like blend in. But unfortunately being, you know, a black woman, especially if like we have braids that you know like may attract like people's fascination right (laughs) um I think it's harder to blend in so rather I say be confident um even if you're not like if you're 
lost. You're not sure where you're, you're going to go. Take the 15 seconds, duck into a store, recheck your, your, your maps or your notes or whatever, and get your placement back, you know, kind of talk to maybe someone that looks, you know, trusting, just let them know rather than being on the street and looking confused and reading maps and looking at signs, mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of how you make yourself a target for unwanted attention and help. That's, you know, not usually very helpful. Right. Um, yeah. And then I guess number three, I, for in terms of safety, I, <laughs> this sounds really bad, but lie, lying will get you very far. Um, I think lying is great. Actually. I was just in an Uber in Panama on one of my solo trips and my Uber driver was like, Oh, are you here by yourself? No, actually I'm meeting up with like a bunch of friends. We're all staying like at a hotel downtown. I'm so excited. I haven't seen them in forever. Um, they're actually calling me right now. Like lie. Um, right. I think it's good for your safety. If people ask if you're alone, you, there are people who are comfortable saying they're alone. Um, I personally am not, I don't understand the intention behind asking questions like that. Um, sometimes. And so I lie a lot to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Lying is very, very like, it sounds weird to say in a sentence, but like yeah. lying is positive. Um, I went on my first solo trip in September of last year to new Orleans I absolutely loved it. I actually went back to New Orleans. Well, no, I went I went on my solo trip in July, and then I went back to New Orleans in September because I just like loved it there so much. Um, and like you can like have fun with it. Like you don't even have to tell people your name. Like you could like have a full on persona, like change what you want to change. Cause again, like people really aren't gonna be checking for you, like realistically. Um, but I do think like a lie here or there is important, especially as it relates to like, oh yeah, I'm going to meet friends. Like, oh, like people are waiting on me. Like they, they're going to know, you know, if like, I don't show up. Um, even again, if you're by yourself and there is actually no one to know, like that person is under the impression that like, okay, if God forbid I did something that like I'd potentially get caught, like, uh, like I'm not going to do anything. Um, that's so funny. Again, that does sound weird. Like, oh yeah, definitely lie. You just have to like, yeah, bend the truth a little bit. Um, it, but like you said for your safety do you want to go to new orleans yeah. new orleans is beautiful i really really loved it i went i went during july which again it was very very hot so like you do have to at least be cognizant of that if you're going to go during the summertime um but going back in september time the weather was perfect like it was like still warm enough to be outside like by um i went with a group of friends and like we like had airbnb so the airbnb had a pool so like it was still warm enough to like be in the pool but also, again, like, wasn't too hot that you, like, literally were, like, sweating. Like, July, like, I was, like, sweating when I stood outside. Like, it was, like, kind of crazy. Um, but, like, food, fantastic. People were cool. Um, I did not – I decided against going to Bourbon Street while I was there by myself just because I had heard that it can get rather hectic. And, like, in Philly, like, there's, like, South Street. And, like, I wouldn't go to South Street by myself, and I live here. <laughs> so um, I went to Bourbon Street when I went back like with my friends and was like, oh yeah, I probably wouldn't have felt like too comfortable coming here by myself, especially given like, it's really like a street that people are just, you know, drinking and doing things they're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. people have to at least be cognizant of like things like that too. Um, but no, absolutely loved it there. I want to go back. 
we have something that we do at the end of our podcast called a lightning round. It's basically like a game of like this or that. I'm going to ask you five questions total, and you're going to pick which one you would prefer. If you want to give an explanation, you can. If you don't want to and you just want to give your answer, then that's that. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. All-inclusive resort or local stay? Local stay. Carry-on or checked bag? That's controversial, but I need my fix. I'm sorry. You said checked bag? <laughs> okay. Uh, weekend getaway or week-long trip? Week-long trip. Airbnb or hotels? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say Airbnb. Okay. And lastly, vacation or solo trip? That's so, so much fun. I love my man. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling, I had a feeling it'd be a solo trip. If, if, if your fiance is listening, we love you. I love you. And <laughs> I love our vacations. The solo trip, man, there's really nothing better. Right. Okay, cool. Well, no, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and to talk with our listeners. Is there anything that you want our listeners to know? I'm doing a couple of exciting um, brand trips in the next couple of months. So I'm very excited. Um, And also some traveling, of course. And if you want to follow my shenanigans and get tips and tricks and other things, I don't know, (laughs) follow my TikTok for that. And then if you want a more aesthetic approach, with like lots of information and captions, follow the Instagram or you can follow both. Yeah, no, I'm, I follow both. So if you're a listener, <laughs> just follow both. But trust me. Um, but again, thank you so, so much for talking with me. Um, my love language is worth affirmation. So I really do love to pour into people when I have the chance. This was very cool to be able to, again, be a follower and, you know, see you looking so happy, but actually being able to like add context to who you are as a person by having this conversation. So for me, it means a lot. And again, I like love seeing you thrive and being able to travel the world and experience so many beautiful things and cultures and you just make it look so appealing and hopefully I'll be able to get there at some point. Um, And for the listeners, thank you for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Again, you are tuned into the Being Black pod. This is Being Black and creating spaces this is the second episode of a total of 10 so be sure to come back next week rate the podcast if you haven't already subscribe if you haven't already and we'll see you next time bye